Hello and welcome to Yes to Entrepreneurship podcast. The Yes to Entrepreneurship podcast is where you, the listener, gets to eavesdrop in on the conversations I'm having with fellow entrepreneurs. I'm your host, Ed Troxel, aka the guy who makes business and technology stupid easy for you. Whether you already have a business or are thinking about starting one, you are in the right place. Grab a pen, grab some paper, and get ready to take notes because you're about to get an inside look at the real conversations entrepreneurs are having. (laughs) Quick shout out to our sponsor, StupidEasy.com. StupidEasy.com is a new online course platform where you can easily upload and sell your online courses without having to be tech savvy and without them taking a cut of your sales. Discover more at StupidEasy.com and we'll have a link in the show notes for you. How's your day? So full and so productive. How is yours? Oh, same. I was. I thought I was going to be a few minutes late, but uh, we're good. I was on time. <laughs> Perfect. Yeah, I, I was waiting. I was like, oh, that's okay. I was just reading some more emails. So no yeah. Actually, I just um, I saw you have a new site up, yeah. and I was reading a little bit on your about page, and I loved it. I love your story and how oh, you got cool. entrepreneurship and. It just, that was so cool. And I don't feel like a lot of people share like the full context of like, this has been a lifelong development, like a value that I have. And it started when I was like a boy selling soda to the kids next door, right? Yes. Like what it's developed into today. And I think that for people who are parents or people who are still kind of young and they kind of tune into this stuff, it's like, oh, like I could turn into this in like 10 years or even five years. And it's just really cool. I, I appreciate that so much because, you know, with yestentrepreneurship.com, it's, it's something that I've had in my brain for a long time. And, you know, with edtroxelcreative.com, that's, that's where I kind of threw everything up over there. And the whole point was that was going to be the landing point for all of my websites because I'd have multiple businesses. Mm-hmm. And so when it came to yesentrepreneurship.com, everything just clicked when I got that name. And I was like, this is exactly what I've envisioned. This is what I want people to see. I want it to be easy to navigate. I want to tell a little bit more about my story and really get that personal feeling for those who are visiting. And so for you to tell me that, I mean that if no one else gets it, that's fine. That was just perfect. (laughs) But I think they will. I mean, it's very clear that like you have You've, you've had an entrepreneurial spirit since you were young and it was something that was fostered in you and cultivated and now that this is this is the culmination of it and this is the result so i think that that's, that's super cool and it's very clear it was clear to me if they don't get it then they're they're not your people right <laughs> yeah bye <laughs> exactly okay that's awesome and i appreciate that yeah and so perfect so tell me about you and kind of what you're doing now and um and then we'll we'll go from there you know Yeah. Okay. So um, a little bit of my story and context was I was working internationally with my husband. We were working in a nonprofit um, environment and we lived in a very small town in a third world country and there was nothing to do in the evenings. We had chickens, but we didn't have any pets. We didn't have any kids. It's like the internet wasn't great. We didn't always have electricity. And so it was like, I don't really want to waste my life on poorly streamed Netflix and YouTube. Like, and we have, you know, books, but like, I want to do something with my life and I want to do something with my evenings um, while we still can. And so I started looking into ways where we could improve our online presence personally for the nonprofit work that we were doing. And I was, as I was learning this, I started 
um, you know, coming across ways to make money online. And I was kind of like, I'm not really interested in kind of like anything MLM, not against it. I grew up going to like paper chef parties and jewelry parties and things like that with aunts and my mom. And, and so, but I just wasn't interested in that. It wasn't a good fit for us. And um, especially since we were out of the country and really remote, I was like, eh, this really makes sense. So, um, but I started seeing that people needed help with the things that I was starting to incorporate into our website, into our newsletter stuff. And I was like, oh, I can make money helping people do this stuff. And, uh, and so my business was kind of born out of that, of um, recognizing a need and having coworkers come to me and saying, oh, I noticed you changed this thing. It looks really good. Can you help me do that? And I was like, yeah, of course. Um, so a business was born just naturally out of need and out of um, you know, doing research for myself. And then we ended up um, encountering a cancer um, journey with someone in our family, we ended up coming home to the United States and um, helping a family member walk through that stuff. And I, I think it was the right decision. But through that experience though, I didn't know that how to put my business on autopilot. I had not incorporated anything to like on any automations at all. Sure. It was all just manual plug and chug. Manual plug and chug blogging had not planned anything in advance. So I, I just kind of let it drop. And I think that that was the right decision for the right season. I don't have any regrets about that. And I think it's important that we keep our priorities straight, people first, right? And our family first. However, that taught me a very important lesson about how to handle crisis, the value of having a um, entrepreneurial business so that you can be available for emergencies, for friends, for family, for big life events. And um, so, the second time around, about eight months later, we got into a place where we were stable again and I picked up my online business, but I kind of kept my ear to the ground listening to what others were doing, some of the trends in online marketing, online business, and I came back with a much better plan and a much better strategy. And when I relaunched, um, I moved a little bit away. I kind of started with courses, teaching people how to do their site and teaching how to um, do newsletter stuff since that was what I had learned and had experience in, but I came back and kind of reframed myself more as a coach because um, I liked the one-to-one -one experience better, sitting down with someone and helping them do that. And I also built in systems to help me be able to go on autopilot if I need to be available for family or take some time off and no one would be the wiser, right? Right. And so I started building those systems and, and that's kind of where I'm at today. So I'm still doing the online uh, business mentorship and coaching, strategy coaching. And, um, and yeah, I'm loving it. It's awesome. That is amazing. Yeah, it's, it's crazy to think about how those life events come up and how we interpret them and how we go about them. And the fact is, is that family always comes first because even if you're working a nine to five, it doesn't matter. You're, you're just a number. I mean, let's be honest. You're just a number. It's just a job. You want to do the best you can, but at the same time, you can't put your family on the back burner. And when something like that comes up, you have to be able to just say, Hey, I got to go. Like, I just, I need to take care of these things and just do that. Whether you're a nine to five or you're an entrepreneur, that's always the case. Always, always, always. But the entrepreneurship piece, it does allow us to have some freedom if we set ourselves up for it which is yes. a beautiful thing. And that's what I like that you mentioned that you, you were listening, you were paying attention to what was going on. You were doing that research part, right? And 
and that part of that, what I call planning your exit strategy, because even though you were pretty much out, out in that sense, you were still planning your exit strategy because that research all plays a part in what's coming next. Mm -hmm. Definitely. I totally agree. And, and that's part of, you know, when I was building yes to entrepreneurship.com and still building um, stupideasy.com, that's the part where it really, really hit me. I mean, I've always known about the research and I've always pushed that out to people is that you've got to do your research, but it goes past so much more than just building a website and putting your name on it. it you really want to dive in deep. You want to listen. You want to ask questions and just listen and go from there and really map things out before even getting to the website or the technology aspect of it. Absolutely, I agree. And laying that good foundation, you know, I was doing some design stuff and I've always said good design starts with good dialogue. And we need to take that time to think, create space to plan um, and lay that foundation first before we build anything out. Um, and so I agree. It's, it's super important to, to have that exit plan and strategy in place from the beginning and kind of work backwards, honestly. Yeah, and, and you know, I don't know how did it feel for you when you were doing that? Because for me, I know, and even now at times, it still feels like that, but when you're really in that focused zone and you're really listening and you're paying attention and building, you feel like you're so far behind because you're doing all of this legwork and you're like, but so-and-so is, already making a ton of money they're selling courses like crazy what yeah. am i doing with my life like <laughs> yes yes this comparison thing it totally threw me a little bit and it was like i either felt like i was missing something like i was missing a piece of something i was like i feel like i'm doing all the steps why am i not having the success and then it was like well maybe it's just a time piece like it's a uh, the time equation i just have to keep doing this for a little bit longer and then it would be like I've been doing this for a while, like money, right? I thought I was gonna be making like the 10 figure months or not 10 figure, but um, right. figure months or whatever. And, uh, and so, yeah, you start questioning and you start doubting if you're doing something wrong um, or if you're missing a certain piece or it's just comparison of like, I just don't have what they have. I don't have that X factor. I don't have that experience. I'm just not as good on video. Um, and you start questioning, you know, your own stuff that you're bringing to the table that honestly is the thing that sets you apart and makes what you offer unique right so totally hear you <laughs> it's like the information overload yeah and and that's a big one that i think a lot of us get caught up in especially because of social media and you know probably more so on instagram than anywhere else but we get so caught up in that comparison and we see that these people are living a great life. They're with the fancy cars or they have this fancy, you know, marketing material or words, but really they may, they're in a different place. They may or may not be actually making that money. They, that may be just part of their marketing plan in order to get you to buy. And so I know for me, there's a lot of this, like you got to bring it back in and realize that everyone's in a different place and that they might've already ran through those steps that you have done, that you're currently in, and that you can't really compare too much in that sense. Otherwise, then you really do get down and out, and then you kind of just drop the ball on things. I agree. I think, I can't remember where I've heard this, but um, there's an idea that uh, an overnight success has been 10 years in the making. And I think that you're a perfect example of that. 
the entrepreneurial spirit and the character that was developed since you were a young boy is not something that, that you came to the table with you know, in the last two years. That's a lifetime of character development. And character is a lot of what carries entrepreneurs through um, the perseverance, the diligence, the commitment, when the passion is gone, right? And the shiny miss has worn off yep. the, uh, the vision, you know, sticking with it and pushing through. I think that that's stuff that can't be taught. It just has to be experienced and walked out a little bit. Um, and so again, like the overnight looking success of like, oh, I made this much money in six months. Awesome. It's probably because you implemented some new systems and tools, but you probably also had character to carry you. You also had some mental strategies that maybe just weren't articulated you never know what what natural things someone's carrying and bringing to the table that makes it look like an overnight success yeah it's so true and you hit it on the point there and and thank you for that compliment um it it's so true though that we have to remember that everyone's on their own path they're on their own race and they may have different tools and resources that they're implementing and for that matter that's fine. That's what they're doing. And you got to really pay attention to what you need to be doing. And if that requires you removing yourself from social media more, then that's what you need to do in order to focus on your business. You know, for me, being able to cut my social media time down every day has helped so much because I'm not getting caught up in the scrolling of Facebook or the scrolling of Instagram and, and seeing who liked my post because what's a like going to do for me? You know, it, for me, I'm more about giving the value, being able to interact like we're doing here. And I've always been, you know, the, the, the person that says, uh, well, I've always said that I'm not about the numbers. Uh, I'm about, you know, making an impact. The numbers will come later uh, when they're ready. You know, you've got to develop a relationship over time, not a sale just for today. Correct. I, I agree with that wholeheartedly. Yeah. And so when you, well, how long have you been in, uh, on as an entrepreneur so far? Let me rephrase that. How long have you been an entrepreneur? <laughs> an entrepreneur in my on my own since 2015. Um, my husband and I stepped into an entrepreneurial style lifestyle um, in 2013 together. So, nice. yes. Excellent. Independently of him since 2015. That's awesome. And so, how do you manage? time like how are you managing your time because you know you have so much going on you you have a husband and i know that that's always a factor for anybody but especially an entrepreneur because we have a lot of things that we got to do yes um some of the key things that help me manage my time um is time blocking i do a lot better personally at, with routine um, so blocking time and, and really fiercely defending it and protecting it is something that I'm, I'm pretty good at and something that really helps me. Um, I also have struggled in the past with the scrolling and kind of getting sucked into it. It's like, oh, and I can comment on this thing. Oh, and I can comment on that thing. Oh, and, and I can help this person over here. And the next thing I know, two hours have gone by and I still haven't written another piece of content that I was planning on getting done today, right? It's like this yep. of, of social media. So one thing that has helped me protect my time and manage it is working with a virtual assistant and having her do that. She is more likely to stay to a certain time limit because I'm only paying her for so many hours. So she's going to be super focused and super driven and answer only certain types of questions, post certain types of things. She's going to be much more um, intentional 
about her time online. And that also allows me not to get sucked in. Um, and when I get on, I'm just focusing on organic commenting and responding to people and fostering those relationships that you just mentioned. And so I can set a better timer for myself there. Um, and then, you know, using calendars, I like to, um, if I could show you my wall, I have desk calendars taped to my wall with like sticky notes and washi tape, <laughs> kind of blocking off my time, right? Yep. I want to hit these goals by these dates, and this is the time I'm dedicating to it. So that, that's kind of like big scale and then medium scale and then on the day-to-day -day scale is that how I manage my time. I, I love it. And you bring up a great point about uh, a VA, a virtual assistant. And so let's uh, talk about that just for a second because I also have a virtual assistant, which thankfully I, I am blessed to, my virtual assistant is actually a friend of mine who I actually used to work with at my previous nine to five. So that's really awesome. Um, but, and so not everyone will have that option, but everyone's looking at these VAs and you, there's so many ways to go about getting a VA, but I think what comes to mind first is I can't afford to hire somebody. And trying to get over that struggle. Uh, I know for me, I faced that as well when I first started and I just had to make it a priority and I just had to say, okay, I'm gonna have X amount of dollars for X amount of hours. This is what I can do and just do it. I don't know, how about you? How did that start for you? So for me, um, I'm a big numbers person. I like math and I, I find it to really be an integral part of my decision making. So when I equated the hours that I felt like I was losing to unproductive social media time, and I, I translated that to time that could be intentionally used, purposefully used and directed with a VA that I could also track results of when I, when I did the numbers, it just made sense that like I could better use my time for more profitable tasks that only I can do and outsource this thing that somebody else could do for me. Um, and I, I could just maximize so much. Um, so it really became a, a logical decision when I did the math. So, and, and, it, and I started small, I started with um, just a few hours and then saw what we could accomplish in those hours. And then I built on it and then expanded and expanded. So now um, I have a, a better gauge and we, we eased into it. There was no rush. It was, let's get to know each other. And then also let's learn, learn the goals let's learn the systems, now let's do the posting. And there was kind of a process that we went through to make sure that we were utilizing our time in the best capacity. And, and that is exactly what I would have said too. That is perfect because of the fact that you really do have to play that numbers game and you have to think about what is your time worth and how much are you willing to pay to get that time back and what it hit me when I listened to Shalene Johnson's podcast a while back when she had this episode with her and her husband and they were sitting down talking about the, um, about VAs and about how you can relate it to, if I can get this right, um, cleaning your house. Like you can do it. And for me, I love cleaning the house cause it just feels better and gives me something to do besides work. Um, <laughs> but you can look at, you can clean the house but how long does it take you to clean the house versus hiring somebody to clean the house and having them do that, whether it's 15, 20, 30, 40, $50 an hour, whatever, that's that hour that you just got back 
that you can then go do your thing, which you're probably charging 50, 60, 100, 200 bucks an hour. Like, so you have to play that number game. And when that, when I listened to that, I just, it, everything just clicked. And that's when I knew that I had to go forward and do something like that. Exactly. Yep. And, it, and I think, you know, seeing the numbers, it just becomes more of an obvious choice. And when you're able to tweak them and say, if I only can get a VA for two hours a week, just two hours, I will start there and see what I can accomplish that is more profitable for me to do in that two hours myself and outsource that task. And, and I think just playing around with that and being like, you know, try it out for a month, see what you can accomplish two hours a week. Um, and then, and then grow from there, do a little bit of testing because it's going to be different for everyone in every business. And so, you know, my model that I did with my VA isn't going to be the best fit for everyone. And so, but starting with two hours outsourcing a task that you don't have to do, somebody else could do for you, I think is a great place to start. I, I think that's great advice. And I love that you're giving that specific, you know, two hour start because it, it's overwhelming for a lot of people because, you know, even even now, I've had my VA for, I think, over a year now. And thankfully, she knows me and is able to keep up because everything's changing so quickly with me. But I finally am in a place now where I'm actually doing what I should have done prior, which is provide the training, provide an outline of how to do X, Y, and Z. And it's gotten better because I've, I've learned over time, but I think that's, that's a huge one too, is that people are still figuring out what they need to do. So it's hard for them to give it to somebody else. But when you, when you narrow it down, like you said, to just two hours and pick something like for you, it was social media, um, responses and, you know, figuring out what's, what's something that you really could try to hand off and see how that goes, you know? Absolutely. And how did you find your VA, if you don't mind me asking? Because I, I know there's so many ways of finding one. And since I was lucky enough to have a friend, um, I'm always curious how people find their VAs. I went into a handful of Facebook groups that were virtual assistant groups. And I waited a little bit, looked around, and eventually put out a post saying, I'm looking for a VA, this is who I am, this is what I do, this is the type of work I'm looking for. If this feels like a good fit for what you do. Um, I had created an application. Um, I use Squarespace to create the application, but you could use like a Google form, which is free, and do the same thing. And I uh, had a good handful of people respond. Um, and then I went through and, and interviewed them and uh, found a gal who was a good fit. Good fit so. I love that. And I love that you, uh, that you mentioned the tools because you know me i'm a techie and so i love when i hear people talking about the tools that they're using in their business <laughs> yeah i love squarespace squarespace is my probably one of my favorite tools that's awesome and so you said that you have uh uh you've been in some facebook groups how how has facebook been for you because i know for me when i started on facebook it was all about you know posting my latest thing and hanging out with friends and family but ever since going into business it's like I'm all about the Facebook groups, which was a whole new world at the beginning. And the amount of resources and people that I connect with, it's just, it's crazy. And I just love it. I, I also, I, I think I got my Facebook account the years and the years where I was only be able to college students, right? So maybe I'm dating myself, but um, I, I haven't used it for in a personal way for many, many years. And 
yet I have found it to be an incredible business tool. I have Facebook page, I have Facebook groups, and I, I feel like it has been a great space um, to connect, truly connect and build relationships. I either have gotten clients from Facebook groups or from personal word of mouth referrals. That's it. Um, and so that's been a, a really cool thing for my business. I love Facebook groups. I don't see it going anywhere for my business anytime soon, but I mean, who knows, but I, I don't foresee it unless something drastic changes. Yeah, no. And, and that's, that's a great point. Cause ever since hanging out in different Facebook groups myself, I mean, the connections have been amazing and a lot of my client work has come from those and I have amazing clients and it's all either directly through a Facebook group or a referral through one of the Facebook groups. It, yeah. It's crazy. Yes. Yeah. And so you said you have your own Facebook groups. How do you, how do you go about creating your own Facebook group? Not necessarily, you know, like the Facebook way, but like for you thinking about, okay, I want to have a Facebook page, but now I want a Facebook group and deciding like how, how to spend your time slash content wise. Cause that's always a thing for me is where do I put all this content that I'm creating? That's a great question. So for me, I put a lot more emphasis on the group than I have my Facebook page. And a little bit of that had to do with, um, my context, right? So I was working with a nonprofit and I wanted to make sure that when I was building my business, I wasn't pulling on people who were donating to the nonprofit I was working for. And I wasn't asking for more and sucking people dry. I didn't want to come across in a way that felt icky to me, right? I was very sensitive about sales and money, but I also recognized I'm in business and I'm going to need to make money and say, this is what I do, right? And, and tell people that. So I actually started without really telling my personal network about what I was doing. So I didn't share on my personal page. I didn't create a Facebook page because that would be, um, I guess, associated with my personal account and they would see it. So I just started with Facebook group. And from there, I really just focused on pouring all my content into that, my newsletter list and my, my site. And as I built the group, um, you know, a lot of the, the relationships and conversations came about of, of me pouring all my content into Facebook. Does that make sense what I'm saying? Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. So that's kind of how I built up my Facebook group. And um, what was the other half of your question, Nick, here? Uh, yeah. It's just coming through with the Facebook groups and, you know, deciding on creating one, which you did, and being able to put the content where it needs to go. And then that that's always a big one. Because for me, it's funny. I started with a Facebook, well, personal profile, and then I created a Facebook page. And then I created the group for my, my techies where I would just drop in a you know, tech, tech app or website that they should check out. Mm -hmm. Then I kind of just, with that and all my other social media and business stuff, I kind of spread myself a little too thin. So I brought it back in and I said, you know what, I'm just gonna focus on really creating um, just my Facebook page. So I eliminated the group and just have them come over to the page. And you know, it, it kind of sucks because Facebook doesn't really allow the page to get a lot of views necessarily unless they're paid. Um, however, at, and I'm starting to lead up to maybe starting my own group again, but the fact is, is that I built the page so that that's where I was making all of my focus on. I was putting all my content there. And, and I tell people to this day, like, don't like or follow my page until you've looked at the content first. 
I want you to make sure that you review it to see if it works for you before liking and following my page because I don't care if I get one extra like, it doesn't mean anything unless you're engaging with me or that I'm giving you something that you need, you know? Absolutely, I totally agree, you're qualifying. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And you know, that has grown my page and that has really done a great deal in terms of getting people to engage in my page. And I have a lot of what I call secret followers who are following me and they may not be commenting or liking those specific posts on the business page, but they're doing it on the personal page or they're doing it on the blog or they're sending me a text or an email or whatever. And just knowing that is huge. And so now that I have the, the page set up, I'm, I'm playing with the idea of having now, okay, here's the group that is for this specific topic, because that's, that's where I feel like the groups really come into play is you have to have a specific topic. I agree. Having a purpose for the group um, really makes sure that you are attracting people who are engaging because they want to know more about it or they have something like to share on it. Um, having a purpose really does make a difference in the type of engagement you're getting. So. And what are you doing in terms of engagement for your for your community? How do you how do you get them to engage with you? Um, I do a lot of questions. I ask questions instead of just sharing information. Um, and I don't just post information about business. I also ask personal questions because I think it's a hard thing to ask people for, for deep vulnerability. Like, what are you struggling with in your business, right? Without asking some questions that have a little more levity to them, right? So, you know, what city would you like to travel to? If you could go back in time, where would you go? Um, what era? Um, what are some of your favorite books that you've read recently about business? And then you start getting into deeper questions. Um, hey, what's something that, that you've been struggling with with, with your visibility? Um, how about, you know, and then I have something consistently on Tuesdays where it's called Tuesday Truth Day. Um, and it's something I've really emphasized in my group um, about encouraging people to rally around and give support. So if someone is an expert in something, please share. I've created space in my platform and in the group for others to share about what they do and what they do well. Um, and it also allows people to say, I am stuck right here. Can I get some help? And it might be a mindset, it could be a heart posture. It could be an actual like strategy or system. Like I'm struggling with ConvertKit or I'm struggling with LinkedIn. Does anybody know how to do this? I need help transcribing um, my videos. Can anyone, what, what are you guys using? And so we will either speak truth or something into the situation um, that someone's struggling with in their business. Maybe it's life balance, right? Yeah. Entrepreneurship and life balance. And we'll, we'll come around and say like, hey, this has really helped me like in a practical way, like time blocking or encouraging of like, you know what, it's a process and it's gonna take some time to find that sweet spot for you and your family. Um, and I think that, you know, having that spectrum of questions from like the very, very lighthearted to the very, very deep, like almost in tears, people are like, I don't know if I can do this entrepreneurship thing anymore. I'm thinking about quitting type thing. Like I, I'm able to get the full spectrum because I'm asking different questions. Does it make I, sense? Oh yeah, I love that. And I love the fact that you're you're doing that wide variety you're getting to know your customer right you're getting to know your ideal clients by asking and listening and that's something that always keeps coming up that i keep telling people is that you really want to ask and just listen and just observe and see what's going on like you've done throughout your business journey and your entrepreneur journey i should say 
Um, and when it comes to those hard questions where they don't know if they can do entrepreneurship anymore and they just want to quit, like how, how do you go about that? Because that's a real thing. It is a real thing. And I think it's a very, um, there's no cookie cutter answer. And it's, it's very, um, it's a delicate thing because our emotions get tied up in this, this experience and we have so much writing on it. And um, I think the way, if you're asking practically, like how do we respond to that? I think that we, we stop and we listen and we ask some more questions and we dig a little deeper and we ask permission. We say, hey, is it all right if I ask you a question about this? Um, I have some thoughts for you that I think might be helpful. And then proceeding if they say yes, like, hey, have you thought about this? Or what do you think about that? And then kind of rallying around them and, and, you know, maybe it's not a good fit for them anymore. And if that's the case, that's okay. But let's find something that is a good fit for them. Maybe you do need, um, you know, someone who, who's entrepreneurial over you or with you, um, or maybe it's just not a good fit anymore. So um, I think that's how I would go about that. Yeah, no, I think that's perfect because it really is about what you do and who you surround yourself with, right? And you need that support more than anything when you're out on your own being an entrepreneur. And you don't get that necessarily all the time. And so being in these Facebook groups and being around like-minded people really helps boost that energy for some who really need it. And then some like me, I know I don't absolutely need it every time because I'm just high energy anyway, but I get, 10 times the energy if I'm around like-minded people and I'm just like, let's just do it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I totally hear you. And I think that's probably my, one of my biggest takeaways from my first um, stint in entrepreneurship was I didn't have community and I wasn't learning from others and I didn't know how to ask for help. I am an introvert, I'm an only child and I, I have this tendency to be a little too independent and yeah. I, I'm very content to do things by myself, which is a great quality, but it also lends me to want to be, um, what do you call it, a, a bootstrapper, meaning like I don't want to ask for help, I want to do it myself, I want to figure it out myself. But that was the thing that really, I realized was holding me back. And I had to get to a place where I was willing to get a little vulnerable and say like, hey, does anyone know how to do this? Like, I'm banging my head against the wall over here, like trying to figure it out. And so I was like, oh, I've got the answer. And so community, community, community has become so, much of a priority for me this go around and why I call my Facebook group a community. Hey, join my Facebook community, right? Because it's not just a group, it's a community. Um, and I've worked really hard to create engagement that feels more like a community, so. I love that because of the fact that I'm also an only child and <laughs> I hear you 100% on that part where we want to be our own we want to do our own thing we don't really want to ask for help even though we know we need to but it's yeah. like no we'll figure it out we got this like we don't want to be seen as vulnerable like oh this person doesn't know what he's talking about or she doesn't know right. what she's talking about <laughs> aren't you supposed to be the expert <laughs> um but you know it's it's true and i've gotten better i i'm not perfect none of us are but i've gotten better at allowing myself to think a little more through the process of maybe I should ask that question and then getting to that. Okay. I don't know, but I'm just going to ask it and see what happens because that's my part of the job. Their part of the job is to tell me whatever answer is appropriate. <laughs> yeah. 
And I love the fact that you also say community because that's how I refer to my, my followers, my, my page likes, whatever you want to call it. I always refer to them as my community because that's really what it's about when you come from a perspective like us where it's not about the sale, it's about the relationship. And you really want to dive deeper and get to know the people that you're hanging out with and bring them up to the next level while they help bring you to that next level. And so, yeah, community is the right word for that. Yeah, I thought, I thought so too. And I think that's cool that you do the same thing and you got the same thing out of that. And it's okay to call it a group. If, if you're just about like knitting and you're a knitting group or you're a book reading group, like that's okay and that's fitting. Um, but if you're wanting to create something different that's a little more engaged, then like call it a community or call it a tribe. You know, if there's a certain culture that goes with it, like, yeah, make it reflect what it is. Yeah, no, and that that's a key point right there is to really don't, don't go changing your name to all these different names unless it fits. You want to make sure that it fits with your, what you're doing. Yes. No comparison. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. And so with the Facebook group and the Facebook page and things like that, are there other things that you're pushing your content out through? Like, do you blog a lot? Do you, you know, are you doing email marketing? Cause I know for, for me, even when I was starting out, I mean, it's still always, I think, an issue when, when you're working, but at the beginning, it's always hard because there's so much to do. You have so many things that you're supposed to create and then also push out to these other channels. It's overwhelming. It is overwhelming. Um, I do have other platforms and I have, like you, I started and I spread myself a little thin. And I said, you know what, I'm going to retract a little bit here and just focus on my Facebook group. And then once I felt comfortable about my content and strategy for Facebook, I've expanded that into newsletters. And at the beginning of it, I really struggled with the newsletters because it felt like it just felt sterile. It felt cold to me still. And I think only recently have I had a good mindset shift of like, oh, this is a space I've been invited to because they've opted in, right? To hear to me, they want to hear. So why am I not sharing with them? I have good things that I'm sharing in the group. Why am I not sharing it in this space too? So learning how to do that in a way that feels much better to me. Um, and then I was blogging quite a bit, but since I retracted for a season and was just focusing on the Facebook, um, I was blogging and using Pinterest. Got a lot of um, traffic from Pinterest there for a while, but it just felt like a lot to manage. So I'm going to be picking that back up again. and. Um, have a little bit of a better strategy for, for managing it all this go around so um, but yeah focusing focusing and on the, the facebook community and, and that's something that really comes to play when you're doing entrepreneurship or thinking about it is that you start out and you really want to you want to help everyone you want to be everywhere because that's what everyone else is doing in in your eyes but what happens is when you really find out what you need to do and how to narrow it down, that's when everything clicks. Yeah. At, at least that's, and it's hard because sometimes it takes a while to get there. And I'm curious, do you recall how long it took you to get into that zone, into that narrowing it down stage to really like get started with entrepreneurship? I think fortunately the, the 
the people I was listening to at that time were emphasizing starting out really young. So I came nice. into entrepreneurship with that in mind. So I think I started out on a great foot. Now, I did some of that A-B testing that you're talking about and, and putting some feelers out and being like, ah, this doesn't feel good to me. Oh, I like this. I want to learn a little bit more about that over there. Um, and so in that process, though, have course corrected and tweaked my direction, tweaked the niche, um, tweaked my communication around it. I don't think that I've ever really changed the niche I started in. I just tweaked it and framed it a little differently and, and come at it from different angles. Does that make sense? Yes, that is a great point because I, I'm constantly doing that in my business as well. And that's what I try to tell clients and people that just follow me is that you have to be open to change and you have to be able to pivot, have those trial and errors and not look at them as failures. Like if it didn't work out because it pushed you to the right spots or to the next step at least. And to be able to move with your business and grow is amazing because that's how you do get to the right section and figure out what you should be doing and maybe what you shouldn't be doing, you know? Yeah, what you shouldn't be doing is an important lesson. And it's if that's something you learn, if that's the only thing you get out of it, is that I should not be doing this, it was a great lesson and it was totally worth your time. Yes, I 100% agree on that because we all want to do so much. And while we may be able to do some of that, uh, it's the part that what we shouldn't be doing and just let it go and hire somebody else to do it if we need to. Yeah, and that's, it kind of brings back full circle of like what the social media thing of like outsourcing that, what is my time worth, right? And I shouldn't be doing this thing. I tried it and I, I tried to reason like, I can do this, I can save money if I do it myself, but should I be doing it? No, I shouldn't. My time is much better utilized working in the one-to-one -one capacity with a client and I can have somebody else do my marketing for me. So. Definitely. Yeah. And are you still pursuing self-development and professional development? Are you still like researching and going through different programs, whether it's podcasts or courses or whatever to like continue to grow your knowledge? Yes, but I have adjusted my filter for saying yes to certain programs or opportunities to do that. So I think before I was um, an information vortex, black hole, and I just wanted to learn all the things, right? So I have started to pace myself a little bit more and I only look for a resource now when it is truly a place where I'm stuck and I know that I need support and assistance around it. And um, I'm always keeping my ear to the ground for what people are doing. So I have a general idea of what direction to start in um, but usually I'm just um, pacing myself. I'm not trying to consume a lot of content because again, that takes up time. So setting aside in my time block during my day of time to, to learn and self-invest in personal growth and development um, is kind of part of my routine. I make it mandatory for myself to continue growing so I don't get stagnant, but I don't spend a ton of time there anymore um, so that I can still take action. Does that make sense? Oh yeah. That that is something that I had to really, I love that you said I have to fill, uh, adjust my filter because that is something I, I'm known as, you know, well, I'm known as the guy who makes business and technology stupid easy, but a, a lot of people come to me because they know I'm a resource. Even when I was working the nine to five, mm -hmm. I was the go-to person. I was always sharing out tips and tricks and websites that people can reference and all of that. And that's a full-time job in itself to be the resource. <laughs> And 
to go through all of that every day, all day long, I mean, I love it, but it's a lot of work. And I really had to pump the brakes on that for myself as well. And really understand that just like my social media limits, I have to focus and I have to be aware of what's out there, but also filter how much of my taking in because whatever I'm taking in is now taken away from what I'm supposed to be doing. And it's also going to have an effect on what I'm doing as well. Yep. It sure is. I love it. So when it comes to challenges, what are some challenges that you face right now in business or maybe just in recently in business? Ooh, that is a good question. Some challenges that I'm facing in business. Um, I think pacing, pacing myself is still something I struggle with. Um, I, I don't believe that um, it's ever easy to find balance between the entrepreneurship and personal life balance. There's always going to be a little bit of overextension in one area or the other. That's my personal experience. That's, that's what I hear from people that I follow who are highly successful is yeah. that if you really want something to succeed, it requires extra energy. And that means energy is not going towards something else, but that is also important. And so um, when there's imbalance, there's chaos. And, um, and so either learning to be okay with managing that kind of chaos of people pulling on you or things pulling on you that do need your attention, but learning to say no to them right now and saying yes to like, the crucial, right? Say no to the important so you can say yes to the crucial, all those little kitschy phrases, but walking that out is hard, it's a challenge. Um, and learning to do that better and be more at peace at you know there's a purpose behind saying no to this good thing right now so i can say yes to this best thing um and so that's probably one of my bigger challenges um there's a book i'm reading currently that is just re-emphasizing this idea to me so it's, it's probably why it's at the forefront of my mind i'm not sure if you've heard of it it's called the one thing by gary keller have you heard of that it sounds familiar i probably have it on my list i have so many books that I am like a book junkie now when I wouldn't even touch him when I was a kid. It's ridiculous. Yeah. Oh man, I, I love books and inhale them. But this one I've actually, I'm taking my time going through it because it is just, it's, it's um, you read it and you think about it, right? You think about, okay, how does this apply to my business? Because this is a really good truth right here. And I wanna make sure that I'm doing this stuff well. And um, I, I'm just, I wish I could highlight the whole book. It's very, very good. but. Um, that's another thing that it's talking about is, is when you start time blocking, it really does invite chaos because you're saying no to, to important people and important things in your life so you can focus on this other thing over here. Um, especially when you're wanting it to succeed and it has to have that energy in order to succeed. So that's probably my biggest challenge. I'd love to know, can I redirect the question to you? <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, you know, for me, it does come down to putting things in motion. What I mean by that is like, I create content all day long. I, I have these great ideas, these great business ideas that can all be fantastic. And, and I do filter that now more so, but, and I put things into, I use Evernote all the time. So I, you know, I come up with these business ideas. I'm like, oh my gosh, this is great. And it like hits me with all the things that could happen with it. So I have to make note of that because I'm probably not going to be in that same place later if I ever go back to reference it. So I do take that time to pop everything in there, but 
my challenge always is, do I move on this now? Or do I put that on the side? Is it a distraction or is it part of this process I need to go through? You know, um, a, a great example is yesentrepreneurship.com. You know, I was trying to figure out my voice because I'm so good with working with people and in person and online and just being able to get that message out there and help support them. But my website wasn't reflecting that edtroxelcreative.com and you know and who's going to remember my name edtroxelcreative.com who's going to know how to spell my last name you know it, it, there's all these things that i think about that i'm like okay you know i got to figure something out and what happened was i made the note of the business idea for yes entrepreneurship before i got the name and it was really to start focusing more on the youth and being there for you know probably my main target range is still it's still in question because i help so many people that's the wrong answer because you don't want to help everyone but you know it's hard to bring it to a to a specific target market but i'm narrowing it down more to you know probably 16 to 34 year olds because of the fact that i do want to help the youth i want to be be back in that area i used to work in education and they need role models. They need to have real life experiences and know what they're getting themselves into because college isn't for everyone. And even if it is for them, they wanna still create their app. They don't know how much that app's gonna cost to create. They don't know all the resources that they need to go through. So I wanna be able to help them with that. And then you have you know, your, your 20, 20 year olds and you have your uh, early 30 year olds who they're tired of just doing the same nine to five thing. They may still keep it, but they're kind of wanting to expand a little bit. And so that's when I put that on the back burner, not necessarily back burner, but I put that idea in my notes and yesentrepreneurship.com actually came about from just a conversation I had with someone and talking about helping out in schools more. And it just turned out to be that Yes, entrepreneurship was the name that came after four or five tries and it just so happened to be available for a domain name and everything clicked for me. And, you know, I swear this is all tying into the shiny object syndrome um, that what happened was I, I ran with it and I had to tell myself, wait, is this a shiny new object? Is this a distraction from what I'm trying to do? And I did, I had to give myself a good 24 hours because myself and most likely everyone else who does this, uh, you know, we, we get excited and we're like, yes, let's do it. And we go and then the next day we're like, oh, okay, that was fun, but we're over it, <laughs> you know? And so I wanted to make sure that it was something that clicked and, and it did. And for me, when, when I'm stuck on something, I have to do it. Whether or not it's gonna work out, I don't know, but I have to do it in order to get it out of my head. And, and this long answer is yes, it worked out and it, it wasn't a distraction. It's what I needed to put everything into place for the business and technology uh, support that I help with. You know, I, I try not to use consultant so much because everyone has their own you know, terminology for what a consultant is, what a coach is, what a teacher is and all that. So, you know, I'm that support that people look for 
when it comes to business and tech. And so guest entrepreneurship really clicked for me. So that, that's the long answer to that question. <laughs> no, but it's very similar. Like we have all these ideas. What ones do we say yes to now? And which ones do we say later to, right? It's not necessarily no, it's just later. Um, exactly. Filtering through that stuff. So um, I totally hear you. I'm right there. <laughs> yeah, it, it, it's just one of those things that, you know, I always tell people, make note of it, write it down and spend a couple minutes writing whatever comes to mind. Don't worry about sentence structure, formatting, all that. Just write down all those ideas and then put it away and then keep it moving because you never know when it's going to come back up and you never know when it's going to tie into what you're currently doing. Yep. I agree. I agree. I have a, a running list of ideas. <laughs> like what was i thinking that was a terrible idea and, and that's not so bad yeah and that's the cool thing right because then you can start crossing them off the list later when you go back to reference it you're like oh well that was really a dumb idea i'm good i'm glad i didn't do that <laughs> yeah oh my goodness oh so when you're working with um other entrepreneurs do you hear any i'm sure a lot but do you hear any like common common struggles or common uh wins for them like what do they get excited about or what really brings them down because i know for me loneliness i think is the the big one that i hear a lot of people talk about i hear loneliness a lot um the isolation piece which again why that's part of why i've emphasized community so much because i realized how isolated people are feeling and i didn't even realize that that was something i was experiencing during my during my first stint um launching my business was like i was very isolated both like physically in a different country that didn't have very good like internet support right and, um also i didn't have physical community around me and then you know the second part i hear a lot is uh, self-doubt self-doubt and what they have to offer the comparison piece they're seeing all this good marketing or sometimes bad marketing and they're 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 letting it hit them so hard and they take it so personally and it causes a lot of self-doubt of like why am i even doing this there's so many people out here who are better than i am like why am i even giving this a shot and i think we have to rally around each other remind each other like we have something inherently valuable to offer um it's a matter of where we offer it and how we frame that thing and um but we all do have something valuable to offer and it's okay to offer something similar to what somebody else is offering. That's what a competitive and free market is, is all about, right? Lots of people sell cars, lots of people sell beauty products, lots of people sell clothes. Um, we need all of those things and somebody's got to offer them. It can be you, right? Yep. So rallying around each other, reminding each other that like you have something. And, and usually what I find is the self-doubt is rooted in either competence competency issue or a confidence issue yeah uh, the, and either this is great news to me is that it can be uh, rectified right so if you're not feeling very competent get a coach do a course join a program get more competent in that skill and your confidence will grow if it is truly that you already have the skills and you're just not confident about getting visible putting yourself out there get some support around visibility strategies that feel good to you yeah um build that confidence up, share that you're not feeling confident and, and have people point out the good things that you do well and have people speak those things out. And so either way, there's a solution. You can either build your confidence or build your competence. Yeah. Uh, 
but I think self-doubt and the loneliness are probably the two big things I hear all the time, almost every week. That, yeah, and you know, building that confidence level too, nowadays, while scary, it's, it's fairly easy with going live, right? Doing a live broadcast, whether you're just doing it on Facebook or if you do a private one on Periscope, I mean, that, that's a huge like, oh my gosh, I have to go on a video like to the world, this is crazy. So, you know, it's scary, but I will say that when you do it consistently, your confidence level is just, it goes through the roof. You, you, you really start to think about, wow, I do have this in me, I can do this. It's just getting over that hurdle of, okay, I'm gonna hit that live button and I'm gonna be live. And if you can think of something else and just go live with a couple of friends or even just you know one friend, it's fine and you get over that and you have to do it a few times. And uh, when I first started out, uh, watching my replays was a big one. I hate watching myself on camera, but <laughs> watching the replays did help because you know we're our worst critic and so you're sitting there you're like well i i shouldn't have said that or i say um a lot oh i say like a lot you know you go through this whole list yeah but that's part of being mindful and then it helps you for the next one and then the next one and then you keep going uh -huh. i think um I can't remember, I was speaking to someone and they were talking about like the first video they did, they said um a lot, so they like erased it, they did it again. Like the second video they talked too fast and then they didn't like it. And then the third video they were doing something awkward with their hands, they were like cleaning their hands, they like deleted it. And I was like, okay, so you made tweaks each time right. and now you're aware of those things and being mindful and it, it, you're gonna notice these things and it, it might like slip out a different way. Like you adjusted the likes and it came out as um, you adjusted the um and it came out as like talking yep. to and so you're going to figure these things out and no one is born like a natural born television no. person, right? This is a learned skill and that's okay. And you can learn skills. You can learn new skills. That's, um, I think that's an empowering truth that no one was born knowing how to speak online. You might have to be aware of like, oh, I was slouching in that video or I didn't smile at all. <laughs> I need to smile somewhere on video. Oh, um, yeah. So you just learn things and you learn as you go and, and don't beat yourself up too hard. It's okay to be a little critical and say, oh, I could do better here. Don't, don't stay there. Don't yeah. No, it's true. I still remember the first, one of the first times where the camera dropped. I had it on my little tripod, the phone, and I went live and I was totally pumped. I was like, good to go. And the camera drops <laughs> and I picked it up so quickly. And then I kept going like normal, like nothing happened. It was like my proudest moment because something happened, I made it work, and it was funny. And I just laughed about it, you know, and people loved it. There was, um, I was outside because it was a really beautiful day today, and I did a live stream, and a car went by with really loud and like vulgar music, and I was like, oh, oh okay, there that is. Okay, everybody. I'm outside yep. like doing my video, and that happened. And then we laughed about it and moved on, and it was whatever. Um, but yeah, things happen on live stream, laugh about it, move on, that's life. And I think too, when people can see our humanity, it's a, a little more relatable. Nothing, it doesn't always have to be so polished, right? Right, and that's why live streaming is so popular. And that's why, you know, I mean, cause let's be honest, we don't have time to watch all these live videos, but we want to watch some of them because we get to know that person. We get to see somebody else's life and it's real. It's not this 
fake, you know, fully edited Instagram post. It's real life. I agree. I agree. I think some of my favorite people that I follow, um, like when they lose a thought, they just kind of like laugh about it and move on. And it's like, yep, she's human. And I, I like her or I like him. And it's, it's enjoyable. And yeah. I agree. Getting to see some the authenticity because like Instagram, you can polish pictures, you can polish. It's really hard to polish a live video. Yeah. Um, so, but there's, there's a place for polished videos. I think for courses and things like that, it's good to be professional. Pursue yeah. excellence. I'm not saying don't pursue excellence. Be okay with humanity. <laughs> yeah, no, and that, that's a great point. And, and it's so funny because I just posted the other day a video uh, clip of mine from one of my live broadcasts that I cut out and I just, it's a 10 second clip of me after doing uh, some podcast recordings, I went live to just talk about how, what I'm learning doing my first podcast. And, and I was so burnt by the end of that day when I was doing this live broadcast, I literally paused and I was like, well, I don't know where I'm going with this. My brain's this way and I'm like five steps behind. So I'm trying to catch up. This is what happens on live. <laughs> so, and I posted it cause I was like, you know what? That's me, that's what happens. Now, would I have done that six months or a year ago? No, because I wasn't confident in myself. I didn't know, I didn't know what I was worth. I didn't, I wasn't comfortable enough being out on live broadcast. Now I've done it a few times. I did that consistent, you know, few times a week. And at the end of the day, nobody cares. They, they want to see who you are. And I know that people like hanging out with me. And so why not just be online like that? And if they don't like you, then they can keep it moving. It's just a squirrel away, you know? I, you know, something that uh, someone once said to me, which really, I think, I was already okay doing video or, or you know, sharing online, but there was a point at which I was like, how much of myself do I be? And they were like, well, are you an icky person in real life? And I was like, well, no. And I was, they're like, all right, then just be 100% yourself. And I was like, right, <laughs> be myself. Because <laughs> if people are attracted to me in real life, they're going to be attracted to me in the online space for the same reason. And so that gave me a lot more um, confidence to show up more as myself, which I like to laugh. I laugh at myself. I make really terrible, cheesy analogies to try to explain things in real life. So just be myself, right? Yep. Um, and people will, will come and the wrong people, they'll, they'll go find somebody else to go hang out with and that's okay. Exactly. And you know, that's, I think that's what holds us all back, whether we're working a nine to five or we're an entrepreneur or whatever we're doing, that's the one thing it's so simple yet we make it so complicated because we'll do that with with our writing like you maybe aren't sure if you should write a blog post or a social media post or do a podcast like this or be on live broadcast because you're like well who's gonna buy from me who's gonna listen to me who cares what i have to say there's somebody out there who does and they're waiting for you to say it or to show it and and that's to be honest that's why i've done uh, i put time and energy into this podcast is because it's fun for me. I'm not getting paid necessarily for it. I mean, maybe with sponsorships later or whatever through affiliate links or whatever, but at the end of the day, it's just fun to connect, meet new people, hear the conversations that we want to be having, but maybe aren't having because we don't have anybody around us to have them with. <laughs> and, and you just keep it moving, you know, and if people want to tune in, they tune in. If they don't, then they can keep it moving. What's one piece of advice that you would give someone who's just starting out or maybe uh, they're thinking about starting out their journey with entrepreneurship? I would say take that time 
that thinking space and time to plan out what you want to do and work backwards, right? Where do you want to be? What's it going to take? And work backwards. Thinking through the process. There's a lot of statistics that show people who actually think through the process of things actually achieve the end goal instead of just saying, oh, I want to make this figure uh, per month, period, right? So thinking is actually work. And, and taking the time to do the thinking work, the, the intentional thinking, strategic thinking work, if you need help with that, taking the time to invest in a coach or a program, whichever best suits your industry or what you're doing, I think is probably the best piece of advice I could give someone. If you feel like you're capable of thinking through that process yourself, what it's going to take you to get from point A to point B, whatever those two things are for you, um, doing that first. And if you need a coach or you need a program, invest the money at the beginning so that you have a best laid foundation and not a mediocre foundation. Um, because when you when you start making forward motion and you really have to backpedal so much and you're like, oh, I'm just wiping the slate clean, I'm starting all over, you can do that. There's always freedom to do that in your business. That's the cool thing about entrepreneurship. But if you don't have to do that because you've taken a week and, and laid a good foundation, it saves you a year's worth of energy and investment and tools and systems and strategies and connections that you're now undoing a year later. Yeah. So my, my encouragement to people. I couldn't agree more. That was well said. And that is exactly, it's taking that time and doing that research and really planning your, your strategy and having that foundation. Because if you have a solid foundation, you're able to make those tweaks whenever needed. So it, that's perfect. Um, where can I find out more about you uh, and you know learn more about what you do you can learn more about me at my website, BrittanyRossi.com, and where I spend most of my days and times in my Facebook group, which is called Business Base Camp, um, or Business Base Camp Trailmates is the hyperlink end after Facebook groups. Um, and that, yeah, that's where I spend all my time, either on my site or in the community. This was a great conversation. I've been looking forward to this for some time now. So I'm super excited to see all the things that are coming down the pike for you, especially yeah platform and this new blog yes to entrepreneurship oh my. Like, thank you yes it's it's a process and i love every minute of it i'm just like hopefully it all works out i know it will but it's just one of those things where you know you're like i'm just gonna keep doing what i'm doing and see what yeah. happens <laughs>